With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. edition. Hooray. I'm Andrew Mearns, joined by Kun Sean. We're pretty delighted that the Yankees are actually playing like a good baseball team again. Hey, hey, hey. I'm not delighted. I am not, neither happy nor sad. I'm perfectly content. You might say I'm 500. Yes, you, you are up the same amount as you are down. Exactly. <laughs> it's been a good week. It's been a fun times in Yankee land, so it's good to see the team actually be watchable rather than just having to debate whether or not want to keep watching them or do something else with my life every night so that's fun absolutely the the split with baltimore at home was not exactly great but thankfully the team remembered that they are a good baseball team and took care of business against the tigers and swept them three in a row so that was delightful to see yeah like i'm still hesitant to be like oh my god the yankees are out of it they're back um because again we're talking about the tigers who are they gonna bad, man <laughs> <laughs> they're not good at the baseball right now and you saw like even against baltimore like it wasn't just the first game it was also the last game so they had two great wins in the middle that were just sandwiched by like two games where i was like what the hell is going on but overall like not just obviously the wins and the losses but just overall the team does seem to be clicking a lot better so that's good at least <laughs> yeah and we're still annoyed that matt harvey and the yankees offense for ruining our podcast last week but hey at least they put it back back together and it really seems like the very slight changes that they've made which is like giving Giancarlo Stan more time in the two hole and Kyle Higashioka getting a little bit more playing time which by the way were both things we had talked about on last week's podcast so we're not saying that we're the reason for the Yankee success but we may be the reason for the Yankee success. Brian Cashman continue listening to our podcast thank you yes. very much. Brian Cashman we want to know who your Mitre of the week is. <laughs> We should bring him in for one. <laughs> yeah, I got a DM from him. Actually, it says his his feature of the week is Lon Trost, which is a good choice. <laughs> See, like, I don't think he'd choose that. He'd just randomly go off on Sonny Gray again, I feel like. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Man, he just... <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I don't know, know. what Sonny Gray did to Cashman, but he was not happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, this is not uh, the Red Reporter podcast, so no need to discuss Sonny Gray. <laughs> we're, we're done talking about all these colors, both red and gray. Yeah. <laughs> got him. <laughs> anyway, back to the Yankees. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but Giancarlo Stan in the two hole is sitting 436 with an 1186 OPS since uh, being installed there by Aaron Boone. So they've really found a good rhythm in the lineup now with Stan at two and then Judge at three. And Judge has been on fire lately too. Yeah, and like I talked a little bit about it last week too. Um, obviously, I I gave my honorable mention for Yankee of the week to whoever's decision it was ultimately to start batting uh, Stanton second. But I think it just makes a little bit more sense, like not to kind of overvalue like batting order or anything like that too much. But 
I do think there's a little bit of little bit of credit to give uh, to be given here, especially with like Stanton and having Judge protect him behind him. I think before it seemed like Boone was way too concerned about having like some sort of lefty between the two or just somebody kind of splitting them up. So they're not back to back. So like later in the game, when the opposing manager is calling for a reliever, he's going to have to think about it. But I mean, the Yankees didn't really have that great lefty bat to like make it worth it to put in between them. And I felt like that affected both of them in different ways. So, but just having them back to back hitting behind each other or in front of each other, whatever, I think it just works. There's no easy out here, right? Because if you let one on the base, right after him is Judge. It's just like, oh, crap. So now Stanton's probably seeing a little bit more strikes, and um, he's just destroying baseball. That's what he's good at. Yeah, trying to find a lefty to slot between them is something that if, if it works out, then great. But it's not something that really needs to be pursued. And when the Yankees were trying to get uh, Aaron Hicks bat go on switch hitter so you could bat lefty in some of those situations he wasn't really going well and when they were throwing like Rugnet Odor up near the top of the lineup too and I guess they are still batting Odor clean up uh, every now and then but that's a choice <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they, they don't really need to throw in a lefty between them because they're just two very dangerous hitters who are going to intimidate these pitchers regardless so I don't think you need to find your lineup balance by throwing in a lefty unless Mike Ford goes 2019 Super Saiyan mode again for like a stretch right like yeah it'd be one thing if they had that or they had like another lefty like uh like a bryce harper or somebody in, in, in between there then okay fine i get it here it just doesn't make sense and it's not like judge or Stanton are like overwhelmingly weakened by the uh opposing hitter like you know right-handed pitchers or anything like that where you need to kind of break them up they can hit both they can do they can just crush baseballs just let them do it exactly and i feel like <laughs> and the funny thing about rooting in a door i feel like every time aaron boone finally gives up on having him back clean up He'll like be like seventh eighth, and then he'll hit like a dinger out of nowhere because he's just Runet Odor apparently, and just randomly hits dingers. And Boone's like, ah, see, I was smart. I should have him cleaning up. Yeah, and then he'll clean up again, and then he'll not do much again <laughs> <laughs> until but... he inevitably moves him back out. It's just a vicious cycle. This is the Rugnet Odor existence, which I guess is better than the Jay Bruce existence, but it's an experience. <laughs> it but... has been better. Yes, better does not mean good. Yes. But better, yes. <laughs> yeah, but back to um, Judge and Stan, something we should talk about is that there are some fan quibbles about how the Yankees are using them over the course of uh, their hot streaks because they've still been giving them days off here and there. Aaron Judge sat for a couple days with some soreness. Uh, after doing that a couple weeks ago, he had sat for two days then too. And then in the past series against the Tigers, Stan was off on Saturday. And a lot of people were like, oh, he's a DH. Why does he need to take a day off? Or why does Judge need to be sitting? But this is just about how the Yankees are trying to keep them healthy throughout the season. They are so essential to the team's production in 2021. And it's worth trying this load management style out for lack of a better term to see if maybe this will keep them on the field. Yeah. And like, I kind of get a little bit of the frustration just because like the team's starting to finally, you know, show signs of life. And it's like, Oh, now you're going to give them a day off, get them out of their rhythm or like, you know, whatever theory is going on or just like, Hey, we're still working our way back to 500, which up until yesterday they were. So I get like why, you know, this may be like an overly sensitive for lack of a better term matter, but the one thing I'm going to say is that I feel like this team is going to go as far as Judge or Stanton carry them, right? So right. no matter what, they're the two most important bats in the lineup because they're the two that can carry this the whole offense with them. You know, if everyone else is struggling, as long as those two are going, the Yankees should be fine for the most part. But at the same time, this lineup is so deep, so talented that you don't need them or you don't need to try and force them to play, play 160 games when, you know, the most important games are still coming in October. Yeah, again, 
They're still working their way back, back to 500. They're still not quite out of the woods. We're still not comfortable exactly about how they're playing. But you got to weigh the risks and the, the pros and the cons here. And I think it's fine to like let them sit for a game or whatever, especially because like to your point, it's just keeping them healthy, making sure they're, they're going to last for the whole year rather than, oh, crap, now we lost Judge for three months again. <laughs> right. And theoretically, your offense should be good enough to back up when one of them has to take a seat. Because remember, this is a lineup that has, you know, DJ LeMahieu, Gleyber Torres, Clint Frazier, Gio Urshela, a lot of good hitters in here who can help you out and patch up these holes. So they should be able to cover for them. Oh, and Kyle Higashioka, I guess, who is apparently <laughs> Mike Piazza. I don't know. He's, he's, he is this year's Silver Slugger winner. I'm calling it now. <laughs> bold. It's bold of me. <laughs> I, I was perfectly fine uh, predicting 75 home runs for Stanton and Judge. I was not comfortable calling Silver Slugger. <laughs> Actually, they're going to rename the award the Higgy Slugger. So that makes sense, right? Oh, I was going to say the Silver Higgy. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to rename the Silver Slugger just the Higgies, like the Oscars. The Higgs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, yeah, exactly. Like as important as Judge and Stanton are to this team and whatever but the team is too deep and too talented to just miss their loss for like a day here or there especially again it was against the orioles and the tigers like you know not for nothing the yankees should be beating them fortunately they did beat the tigers the orioles they kind of did their job so it's fine yeah there will be a bigger test this upcoming week they're gonna face the astros at home for three games and they should at least take two out of three in that one because they were playing at home and it would be good to make a statement against, you know, an actual expected good team rather than the Tigers and the Orioles. Yay. I'm not interested at all in seeing how many times we're going to have to hear about the stupid trash can scandal or whatever. I just hope that the Yankees, like, they're at home this week, right? They're not yeah. in Houston. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're at home because there will uh, be trash cans at Yankee Stadium for sure. <laughs> I'm just hoping that nobody's throwing trash onto the field. I'm calling it, calling you guys out now preemptively. Do not do this. Why did they throw trash on the field? There's a, that'll already be out up the middle with Correa and Altuve. Hey. But seriously, folks, <laughs> we'll stay in last week for now, though, because we got to talk about the pitching a little bit, too, because the pitching has all of a sudden been extremely good. Yeah, the pitching's been great. And we're not just talking about Garrett Cole and the random group of relievers who just happen to be fantastic. Yeah. Even the starting pitching's been good, which is fun. <laughs> Yeah, they ended April with a top ERA, ERA plus, whip, and FIP in the American League. So that's a pretty good job by Cole, Kluber, Tyon, Montgomery, and company. So great work going on there, which is an area that was viewed as a weakness going into the season. And obviously, we're one month in. As you said, the Yankees have played a lot of weak opponents so far. So maybe there will be more, more of a difference standing out as the season rolls on, it gets tougher opponents. But for now, the pitching is doing its job. So that's great to see. Yeah. And, you know, I gave a, I want to give a special shout out to Tyone, who I did give my Mitre or him and his, his struggles versus the fourth inning. I gave my Mitre of the week to the uh, last week. And on uh, Saturday's game against the Tigers, he did make it through five innings. So that's great. But the only run he allowed was in the fourth. <laughs> so he's still working his way and fighting through that fourth inning. But you know, I'll take it if he's completing five innings and only around, allowing a run. Maybe he just really doesn't like that fourth inning. I don't know what's going on, but kudos to him yeah. for uh, kind of coming back out there. Yeah, and even even more kudos to uh, Corey Kluber, who has 
looked very much like his old self in his last couple starts. He pitched six and two-thirds innings against the Orioles on the 27th, which is already an achievement because he had yet to pitch into the fifth right. <laughs> through his first four starts. And this one, he only allowed one run on six hits. And then against the Tigers on Sunday, he was even better. He went eight innings, which is something that even Cole hasn't done this year, granted, mostly because they haven't really needed to push him that far. But this is just an instance where Kluber was in complete control and Boone got him through eight innings, shut up all two hits, one walk, 10 strikeouts on only 103 pitches. So that is being efficient. Exactly. And like, I think what what really surprised me is that he even came back out for the eighth. I was, I was like a little shocked, not necessarily like, like I'm saying it was a bad move by Boone. It was like, I was a great move. And I wasn't even second guessing it at the time. I was just more like, oh shit, it's the eighth inning. Corey Kluber is coming out. What the hell? What year is this? Yeah, and it's a a two-nothing game, too. It's still very close. I had myself like a Robin Williams Jumanji moment where I was like, what year is this? (laughs) But no, it's very, very exciting to see. Obviously, it's a sign of like, you know, him building up his arm strength, getting his confidence back up. Afterwards, he still looked like a robot. And it was just like, beep, boop, yes, I throw baseball, bye. He smiled in the dugout, though. Did you see it? (laughs) I did not, did he? Oh, yeah, it was. It shook me for a second. I was like, Ugh. I remember reading that story about how Clint Frazier made DJ LeMahieu smile. And I was like, oh, wow, look at these Yankees. All these all these robotic Yankees are just smiling these, these days. Yeah, it turns that's out that's a sign of good things. <laughs> turns out that when you're winning games, it helps. Yeah, I'd like to thank Rugnet Odor and Kyle Higashioka for turning this <laughs> around. Clearly, that, that's what this team is missing, right? They've done it. Yes, but Kluber has looked great. Garrett Cole has just been on another planet for most of the season. Pretty much uh, no numbers right up there with the Grom. It's kind of wild how good he's been. Yeah, but can Cole hit like the Grom? That's true. I don't know if Cole will win a Silver Slugger this year. <laughs> or, you know I don't know if Cole will win really. a Higgy this year. <laughs> yes, there you go. But Cole struck out 62 batters so far in 37 and two-thirds innings, which is reliever rates, really. And he's also only walked three batters. I think that's what's most absurd to me. Like, like not that I expected him to have, like, high walks or anything like that, but just the fact that three batters, it's just like the, the guy had, keeps throwing out, uh, having games where he has 10 strikeouts, no walks, and he's just like, yeah, I'm Garrett Cole. This is what I do. Yeah. And, well, it's good to see, you know, somebody who got – $324 million living up to that and be like, oh yeah, that's why you have that much money. <laughs> yeah, the man is in control. I think I saw his yeah. FIP was down to 0.46, which is, doesn't sound right, but that's a, a real stat. <laughs> you know, I was like thinking about this the other day though. It'd be funny if like now that Kyle Higashioka is getting more playing time, if Cole starts throwing to Gary now because Gary's just kind of sitting around and Cole <laughs> does love his quote-unquote backup catcher. <laughs> Yeah, I think Yankee Yankee universe would explode. I personally find it hilarious, but dogs living with cats. (laughs) Oh man. But uh, yeah, anytime that Cole takes a man, it's just like, what are we going to see today? And it's just funny seeing him react whenever, anytime like anyone gets even a blue pit, he's like, I failed the world. (laughs) Like I, I cannot allow this to continue. (laughs) Let me just mow down the next 35 batters. Uh, you only need 27 outs in a game. I'm going to mow down 35 <laughs> on them. <laughs> all right. All right. Okay. You do you, Garrett. Yes. Yes. So these are some great things that we've seen so far. And the bullpen has done a pretty good job too. And I guess it, it is worth mentioning too, that the Yankees did make some minor moves to the bullpen in the past week. As, as I alluded at the very beginning of the last episode, which we didn't get to talk about, but I had to briefly mention the Yankees traded Mike Talkman to San Francisco for lefty Wandy Peralta. 
the Wandi Peralta era is among us. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And this is a move that some people are still questioning. And I mean, we might get this for a while, but the point was that Talkman was barely getting any playing time and if thought they could see something in Peralta, then hey, might as well help out the bullpen. Especially since the other notable move is that Darren O'Day had to go on the injured list with, with some rotator cuff problems. So this is definitely an instance where they're going to be looking to Peralta and Michael King, who also came up as part of that transaction to help fill in the holes. So definitely makes some sense to add a little bit more relief help in there rather than a fifth outfielder who you weren't using anyway. Yeah. And we've talked about this before. I mean, I think we even talked about it last week where I, I think I mentioned um, either having King or Garcia kind of stay up um, more than just kind of riding the Stranton shuttle just because of how much they're relying on their bullpen because the starters are not going deep into games. Obviously, last week notwithstanding but it made sense to kind of just help an area that was a strength before it becomes a weakness because you don't want to just over rely and burn out your bullpen by mid-may so getting another arm in there for mike talkman who like you said is just barely playing he's fifth outfielder it's fine (laughs) with talkman you know kind of in san francisco he'll have his opportunity to actually get some substantial at-bats and a substantial playing time the yankees have a real shortstop backup in uh, tyler wade though it's tyler wade but they have a real backup on the team just because so Gio Urshela isn't just kind of stuck there in case Glaber needs some time off or gets hurt or anything like that. And also, who cares? It's Mike Talkman. Not, yeah, nothing I, bad I, against the guy, but who cares? I like the guy personally, but he wasn't getting much time. I hope he does well in San Francisco. He homered the other day. Good for him. That was his first homer since 2019. Remember, he did not homer at all last year. They're just part of the right. problem. And I do understand the quibbles of some people who are like, well, they should have just given the job to Talkman and not re-signed Brett Gardner. But unfortunately, that's all That's all in hindsight now. So you only are dealing with what the team that you have right now. And honestly, you know, gun to my head, I'd probably still rather have Gardner over Talkman. I just don't know if Talkman's going to actually keep it up. But we'll see. Good for him if he does. And if not, hey, it's fine. The Yankees outfield is, is a good position for them anyway. Yeah, and like, obviously bigger issues or bigger things to worry about than the, who the fourth outfielder is. Obviously, you know, you're worrying about them or thinking about uh, whoever that uh, position is because there have been people who've been underperforming or, or you know underachieving but <coughs> at the same time it's still the fourth <laughs> exactly but at the same time we're still, still talking about the fourth outfielder again I'm not too concerned about it I wish Talkman the best of luck and uh yeah that's about it yeah <laughs> but yeah Peralta can help out that'll be a huge addition because the bullpen has been terrific so far we've seen Green, Lewiska, Chapman, even Sessa get off all get off to great starts. Michael King, too, in his few outings. So if Peralta can step in, help fill the void for O'Day and make things a little bit smoother, then, you know, sure, why not? Give him a chance. And it, it might end up helping to give some of these guys a breather because, you know, Loisaga's pitched 12 games, 16 and a third innings. Green's pitched 13 games, 16 and two thirds innings. Licky's even pitched 15 and two thirds innings, which is probably 15 and two thirds innings more than he expected to pitch in the majors in 2021. I mean, but, he has really like kind of turned it around a little the last few weeks compared to like how yeah. we started off the season so good for him yeah good yeah. for him mr stay-at-home dad <laughs> i mean but, it's just it must be nice to live at yankee stadium i guess of, of course of course and i will never let this go <laughs> but hey if he can help out the bullpen then that'll be great and i i think that there is something to see from wani peralta so he's only pitched in the yeah. one game so far so far too early to say that he is suddenly the new andrew miller but hey he looks good <laughs> Yeah, and obviously, you know, we're still a ways away from Zach Burton even coming back or whatever. But let's just see if this move ends up backfiring and like Bondi Peralta ends up just not being good. Again, who cares? It's fine. It was worth a shot. 
Exactly. Exactly. But I do have a fun little, or maybe not fun for him, but I do have an exciting Michael King update for you. Oh, bring it to me. So as I've, I think I've referenced every single week of we've done this pod since the season started, how high Michael King has been on the baseball reference top 12 of players in war, how he's constantly cracked the top five. He's officially yes. out of the top five. Oh, now this is for me, it's a good thing because a player, person who one month into the season has only played in three games was in the top five, the top three at one point. That's not a great sign of just how the rest of the team is doing. But now he's number seven on the team in, in baseball reference war. So, you know, he's working his way back. And, you know, we see players like DJ LeMahieu, Giancarlo Stanton, Urshela, Judge working their way up, even though King is still ahead of all of them. But, hey, yeah. it's progress. I mean, I'll take it. <laughs> would you like to tell the audience who is currently number two and number three? <laughs> oh, I would absolutely love to. <laughs> number two is... Um, the man who the formula uh, silver slugger award is now been renamed for Kyle Higgs Higashioka. <laughs> point nine three, war. Point nine war. And coming in at number three is uh, Jonathan quote Johnny Lasagna Loisiga with point eight war. Incredible. <laughs> right. This is still going to take some time to normalize, but we're starting to see a trend to make more sense. I mean, at least like you mentioned, like Loisiga has pitched in a decent amount of games and. Higgy is apparently the greatest hitter on earth. He's Mike Piazza. But um, at least we're starting to see the familiar faces like DJ and Stanton and Judge creep their way back towards the top. The last week has obviously helped a lot with that. So hopefully by next week, we'll see this leaderboard kind of be a little bit more in line with what we expected. I was, I'll was i say I'll be shocked if anybody besides Garrett Cole is number one, <laughs> at least by next week. But hey, I challenge anyone to go ahead and do that. That does not mean I challenge Garrett Cole to have a bad week. <laughs> yeah, here's the question. Will Garrett Cole get to two war before anyone else gets to one war? Because <laughs> he's at 1.7 and only a few are over 0.7. So, you know, he might. No, Higgy's going to do it, man. That's true. Hey, another homer. There you go. They don't call the award the Higgs for nothing. Yeah. And by they, I mean us. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, we'll take an ad break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And do you have anything else to talk about the Yankees or should we go into our fun new segment? Are we not going to continue with the Kyle Higashioka fun hour? Eh, I think we talked about Kyle Higashioka <laughs> enough. No, I think for the most part, we've covered most of it. I think we're ready to move on. Okay, cool. Well, we are going to shamelessly steal from the Effectively Wild podcast because they recently introduced a segment called Meet a Major Leaguer, where they just profile some random dude throughout the majors who is worth checking out just for his little backstory so we can remember some guys before we even think of remembering them. So it's a nice idea. And I thought that it'd be fun to incorporate that into the Yankees, focusing particularly on their minor league system. Because if you follow the Yankees closely, there are a whole bunch of minor leaguers whose names will pop up here and there. Maybe you'll remember them, maybe you won't, but it's still fun to spotlight them. And there's some really cool names and stories in there that we're going to each spotlight one person a week, not for a super long segment, but just a hey, think about this guy. He's fun. Yeah, and, you know, especially with the minor leagues starting up uh, pretty soon, you know, the Tuesday, rosters were just yeah. announced. Yeah, the rosters were just announced. I think it's a good good idea. And just kind of focus on some of the lesser-known names, like Jason Dominguez. Have you heard of this guy? Uh, no. Who? So, <laughs> funny enough, he is uh, Mickey Mantle and Mike Trout. He's a science experiment, and is 100% confirmed to be the greatest hitter on Earth. Oh, good. Wow. Nice. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, the Yankees minor league play will actually begin the same day that this recording comes out. So 
Somerset, Scranton, Tampa, Hudson Valley will all be ready to go. And it'll be great to see minor leagues back in action again. So I guess we'll start up. Who is your uh, baby bomber? All right. My baby bomber that I want to highlight this week is Oswald Peraza. Oswald Peraza was just added to the 40-man roster last November, and it might have been might have come as a little bit of a shock to some people because, you know, he's not somebody who's really well-known or even necessarily well-regarded, I feel like, as a prospect. Dan Kelly recently, in the middle of March, had a good uh, season preview on Peraza that kind of just looked into why the Yankees might have added him to the 40-man, even if his like stats were underwhelming but you know he kind of alluded a little bit to how his uh, tools and the underlying metrics have started to improve and he'll be starting the season with the Hudson Valley Renegades and we kind of look forward to seeing what he has to show he's he's a shortstop prospect and Glaber Torres can't handle the position and is bad defensively Oswald Barroso will come up and plus he just has a fun name to say he does have a fun name to say and he is one of the (laughs) He's one of the top prospects in the system right now. He's number four by MLB Pipeline behind only Dominguez, Clark Schmidt, and Nevi Garcia. So that's pretty good company to be in. And Spotlight will definitely be on him to see what, what he can build on from the off year in 2020 and see where he can take that next step. Yeah, I mean, I, it's funny because just reading a little bit about him or whatever, it didn't seem like, I don't know if like him being number four is uh, kudos to him or just a statement about the Yankees system overall. <laughs> but like I mentioned, he was he he had a good rookie season in uh Staten Island when you know Staten Island was a thing. RIP. Um <laughs> rest in peace. I will miss the ferry rides. I mean, I guess I could still take the ferry rides, but why? Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> it'll be fun to continue to, uh, just to watch his progress and see how he kind of shoots up the system because you know the Yankees have been like promoting him aggressively. So I wonder if that continues. He obviously missed the 2020 season, well, missed the time with the Yankees, but it wasn't completely lost because he did uh, play in Venezuela uh, in November and early December. He had a few games there where he slashed like 250, 400, 313. So it was, it was not bad. He was uh, very young for playing in the Winter League there too. He's only, he's only 20 years old. So he was still playing like above his peers, basically. <laughs> yeah. He's a guy with a, a good glove and his bat's slowly improving. So we'll see what goes on in 2021. Hudson Valley. And yeah, if you live in the New York City area, you should go see Hudson Valley at some point. That'll be a, a fun new affiliate to check out for the Yankees. They were with the Rays for years, but now they've been a next. So Yeah, for sure. The one last final note I will say about uh, Peraza that I think is just quite rude is that he was born in the year 2000 and he's 20. Like he'll be 21 in June. That's just rude. Zoinks. That's all I got to say. I don't like him anymore. I take it away. Yeah. (laughs) Status revoked. Yes. Who's your baby bomber? Okay. So my baby bomber, here's how I decided to determine this. This is actually really funny. I took every single player that was listed on these four rosters and I put them into a spreadsheet. And then I decided, hey, let's just use a random number generator to pick one of these guys. And for the number of the row, that's who I'm going to choose. And I did it. And I got... Oswald Peraza. (laughs) (laughs) So I decided to skip him since I knew that you said you were thinking of maybe doing something on him. (laughs) But but instead, I got Justin Wilson. Not that Justin Wilson, the other (laughs) Justin Wilson. So that is who I'm spotlighting. Oh, you don't want to spotlight Luke Voigt, who's going to be starting his uh, injury assignment? No, I decided I, decide I couldn't really go with the up-and-coming first-base prospect, Luke Voigt, who will be starting <laughs> off in Somerset. Yes, yeah, Luke Voigt will be on a rehab Luke. assignment in Somerset. So, hey, if you want to check him out, go check him out. <laughs> I might, actually. 
But anyway, uh, so Justin Wilson, the right-handed Justin Wilson, the Yankees drafted him at the end of the period between 2016 to 2018, which is what we all famously refer to as the Justin Wilson void after the Yankees had traded the one Justin Wilson to the Tigers, and they had no Justin Wilsons in the system. It was a (laughs) desolate time, and yet they finally ended this in 2018 when they drafted him in the 23rd round out of Vanderbilt. And something that was fun to find out about him. He actually started his collegiate career at Volunteer State Community College as a catcher. So he he hit 302 in 18 games at this community college, and he only really began focusing on pitching in 2016. And he had elbow surgery in 2017, but he had transferred to Vanderbilt. So he had actually only appeared in seven games for Vanderbilt, but the Yankees took him anyway in 2018. And Good on them. In his last notable work, he was with Staten Island in 2019. Again, RIP. Notched a 1.46 ERA and a 1.014 whip. So this is the right-handed Justin Wilson. He will be in Hudson Valley for 2021. And when the Yankees had announced that they were signing the lefty Justin Wilson back in February, he quickly took to his Twitter account to be like, Hi, I am not him. Please don't tweet at me. (laughs) Please don't tweet at me when Justin, the other Justin Wilson d- does something bad. I am not him. <laughs> yeah, good good for him to realize that. And another thing I found out in his college bio, I don't know if this is still true because, you know, we all say dumb things in college that we probably don't look back kindly on. But it's part of his um, features at the Vanderbilt website. He said, names Brad Pitt as the actor who would play him in a movie. So he's very modest. You know what? Good for you, Justin Wilson. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I respect it. I want to look up what Justin uh, Wilson looks like. He doesn't really look like like Brad Pitt. I'll tell you that. (laughs) But I respect just, you know, you should be shot, kid. I respect the moxie. (laughs) Yeah, so maybe one day in the future, we will get a Justin Wilson relieves Justin Wilson appearance. It only happened in spring training, but we'll see. Yeah, it'd be fun. We always love those fun little tidbits and whenever like random things like that happen. But no, it'd be cool to see, you know, like you said, he's going to be in Hudson uh, Hudson Valley. So maybe whoever's going to Hudson Valley will check him out and then they'll hop over to Somerset to check out, what was it, uh, Luke Voigt, I think his name was? Yeah, yeah, this kid, he's kind of big. He's a big boy. But yeah, Justin but, Wilson, yeah. the other Justin Wilson. <laughs> Keep an eye on both of them. And Oswald Peraza, who will also be in, in Hudson Valley. So there you go. Yay! Okay. So that was fun. I didn't think no, I yeah, knew that it, nearly that much about Justin Wilson before I started looking at him. I was him impressed. Time. I was like, oh, okay. It made me feel bad. I'm like, I'm in. I got to do a little bit more homework next week. <laughs> it was like, I just wrote a brief paragraph of random things I found. <laughs> and also, I found out that apparently his dad once raced against Dale Earnhardt. I did see on his like Twitter uh, profile, he's very into uh, racing or NASCAR. So makes sense. Yeah, his brother Austin is trying to make it as a racer too. So I guess there's uh, some incentive for that in the family. A different kind of exit velocity, I think. Hey. Hey. All right. I don't even think that joke made sense, but I'm going to go with it. Nope, not really. But <laughs> <laughs> we will move on from that to the Yankee and the <laughs> Mitre of the week. Woo. All right, good. Who is your Yankee of the week? So I had a few different people I was, I was like debating between. I mean, I feel like I say this every week. I'll let you know who all everyone that I was uh, debating between were. Obviously, Giancarlo Tutantin came to mind. Glaber Torres was kind of been turning it around. But the third person I was thinking about is actually who's going to be my Yankee of the Week. And that is one Corey Kluber. Um, we've talked a lot prior to this week about how they needed him to kind of step up and weary of the fact that they've been just relying on these arms that haven't pitched in so long. 
And we just like, we, there's no backup plan if this fails. But the last two starts of his, he's pitched, what, 14 and two-thirds innings or one-third inning? I forgot how far he went in the first one. But he's looked like Corey Kluber of old. He looked like the Corey Kluber the Yankees were hoping to get, or maybe even a little bit more than what they were hoping to get. And it's just going to be very key. Obviously, the offense kind of coming back and clicking can help mask a lot of the pitching woes, which we've alluded to before as well. But you still need the pitching to be there. And if they have anywhere near a healthy, somewhat close to vintage Corey Kluber or Corey Kluber that looks like he was four years ago, then that's a great person to have slide in right behind Garrett Cole in your rotation. Yeah, big time. Now that, that was going to be my pick if you had picked the guy that I'm probably going to pick. So <laughs> definitely justify Corey Kluber has been terrific in his last two starts. And we can only hope that that continues as the, he faces tougher foes. Please, please, Mr. Klubot, do your thing. Beep boop, beep boop, boop boop. Okay, so my Yankee of the Week will be Giancarlo Stanton because he had that stretch of three three-hit games in a row. In the past week, according to Fangraphs, he is batting 500, 519, 692. So that is doing some work. I nearly picked Aaron Judd because he's slugging 950 in the past week, which is its own accomplishment. But I decided to give it to Stanton because he had the, the three three-hit games in a row had the hitting streak, and he's really been honestly carrying the offense since he's moved into the two hole. so good for him. Yeah, and it's nice that, like, you know, we're not just, like, trying to struggle between who can I say that's not Garrett Cole? Who yeah. can I say that's not Garrett Cole? And we actually have multiple options, and any one of them would have been a good, great, fine choice, however you want to describe it. Exactly. But, yeah, I mean, we I gave him my honorable mention last week. I probably should have, you know, given him a Yankee the week this week, but... I'm glad you did. He definitely earned it. And like I said, I think I said that in our season opening podcast where there's nobody I really enjoy watching hit baseballs more than John Carlos Stanton just because of how much he just demolishes them and it just takes revenge upon like generations of sins of whatever baseballs did to the two Tanton family. But I'm here for it. Exactly. There are a few players in baseball who it's more enjoyable to see make contact with the baseball than Giancarlo because he he just rips it at ridiculous speeds. He still has some absurd exit velocity numbers on a whole bunch of his hits that would be easily the best of the season for almost every player in baseball. But for him, it's just like eh, top 10, maybe, you know. <laughs> I'm kind of getting there, I guess. Doing yeah. my thing. <laughs> was it a few years ago when um, they had like the fastest pitch thing and you just had to like, they had the Aroldis Chapman factor or whatever it was. Yeah, the filter. Exclude him. They had to, to do that for exit velocity instead. <laughs> yeah, they probably do. <laughs> All right. Who's your Mitre of the week? Oh, man. This was another tough one. Um, but I'm going to go with one Aaron Hicks. Yeah. It's sad. He kind of got, got in on the fun in that Friday night game against Detroit, the 10 nothing blowout but besides that he's been mostly quiet I mean it's just I I don't know what's going on there but he's batting 120 uh has an on-base percentage of 207 slugging 280 in the last week it's not good (laughs) I mean he's not even really walking in the last week he's had two walks the one home run and he's got a double and that's kind of pretty much it he's just there he looks lost I don't know what's going on but hopefully Hicksy can get it together yeah, when Rugnit Odor is walking at a higher rate than 
Aaron Hicks in the past week, then you know something is wrong with Aaron Hicks. Right. Yeah. He's a guy who, when he's in a rhythm, is taking his walks like few other players in baseball can. And when he's not even doing that, then you know something's going on with the batting eye. So fortunately, they're able to paper over his weaknesses right now in the past week because of how well like Judge Stanton and Glaber, Gio Marcella have been hitting. But soon Aaron Hicks has got to figure it out. Otherwise, the Yankees are in a little bit of trouble. It should also be worth pointing out in that loss to the Orioles on Thursday, he had a couple very weak throws from center field. And I know that might be part of like the recovery from Tommy John surgery, but still. Yeah, and I was going to just bring that up too. Is obviously, like you mentioned, like the walks are a big part of his game, but at the very least, center field defense was one that we could always rely on. Especially, I remember those exciting throws when he first came over oh, from yeah. Minnesota, uh, where it's just like, whoa, how the hell did he get that? Holy shit, can you throw a ball that far that fast? But um, it, yeah, the, the, the noodle arm, so to speak, is a little bit concerning. It might be just recovering, or this might just be his arm now because of the Tommy John surgery. Who knows? But yeah, it's it's not great. <laughs> it is not what you want. <laughs> no, but alas, okay. well, this is where we are. Who's well, your Mitre of the Week? My Mitre of the Week is umpire Greg Gibson. <laughs> oh, sure. Because uh, this is again shouting back to the Yankees' most recent loss in the game against the Orioles, where Gibson would not let Aaron Boone challenge a call in the eighth inning because he apparently took too much time, but it really did not seem like all that much time had expired and he was just being yeah, ticky tacky about it. That was just bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And like, I understand, yeah, Aaron Boone should probably just challenge it immediately because you're in the eighth inning. You probably don't need to wait to hear from the replay guy about if I should challenge this because it's close enough in the game that you should just ask for the challenge, whatever. But regardless, Greg Gibson's get is being way too prompt about like, hey, you got to get this in. And because all you want them to do is just take another look. Won't take that long. It'll be fine. And yeah. uh, as Boone even said after the game, like, yeah, we saw the replay. Looks like they probably made the right call, but. You need to give him at least a chance to look at it. Yeah, and it's not like, yeah, that like Aaron Boone wasn't being unreasonable and saying like, oh, he wasn't like, oh no, he 100% want to save. He cost us like blah, 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 blah. No, they still would have ended up probably with the exact same result, but it's just like, dude, like, why are we talking about you? Yeah. And at the end of the day, yeah, the Yankees probably should have scored more runs off the Orioles that for that to not even have mattered even that much. Mm-hmm. But still, guy, I don't want to talk about you. This is the Yankees podcast, not an umpire's podcast. Yeah. Okay, I, actually, I, I misspoke. It was actually on, on Monday, not Thursday. But still, that game was also annoying. <laughs> oh, well, now he's forgiven. Yes, perfect. <laughs> but yeah, Greg Gibson, Mitre of the Week. You got it. <laughs> Congratulations. All right. I'm sure um, you're listening. Do you have anything else? Uh, no, I think that's it. All right, cool. That'll do us for us on this week's edition of the Pinstripe Alley Podcast. Hopefully the Yankees will keep these winning ways going and keep these positive vibes because it's a lot more fun to talk about the Yankees when they're winning than when they're stranding a million runners in scoring position. Yeah, yeah. I enjoy talking about a fun baseball team and not a frustrating baseball team, so that's good. Yes. <laughs> Analysis. <laughs> All right. Well, you can follow us on Twitter at Pinstripe Alley. You can follow me on Twitter at Merns PSA. Where are you this week? I am at Star Wars. So oh, sure. may the fourth be with you all, everyone, because <laughs> that's when this is coming out. So just go ahead and at me there about all your Yankees balls and how much you disagree with my takes. <laughs> yeah. Or if you want to just hashtag Twitterless Shaw out of nowhere, if you want to talk about Obi-Wan Kenobi series, there you go. Yeah. We do have the new uh, Bad Batch that's starting tomorrow. So that's, that that's should true. be fun. Yeah. Exciting times. Go ahead. At me at Star Wars. Yes. Please and thank you. <laughs> But do not at him about Palpatine. We do not need to talk about Palpatine.
No, please do not. Okay. Somehow they tweeted about Palpatine. Oh, no. Well, on, <laughs> on that note, that'll do it for us this week. Take care. Go Yankees. Woo!